This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's program. As Jesus told us in John 7:38, every believer has rivers of living water within us, pressing forward and awaiting release. Our guest writes, as you open yourself up and allow God's life to flow through you, you'll bring the greatest glory to Him, the most good to others, mm. and the deepest satisfaction to yourself. Now, aren't those the things that we long for this side of heaven? Well, let's talk about what it means to drink deeply and flow freely, to become heavenly connoisseurs, if you will. Our guest is Dwight Edwards, founder and president of Revolution Within, whose vision is to deep develop spiritually passionate, humbly dependent followers of Christ as they help believers develop their new hearts, their new lives, and new legacies in Christ Jesus. Dwight has pastored for over 30 years, most recently at Water's Edge Community Church in Houston. Dwight is a best-selling author of six books, including the one that we're discussing today, Releasing the Rivers Within. He is a sought-out speaker, teacher, and facilitator. And Dwight, we're glad to have you back on Love Saving being Grace. with you, Carmen. <laughs> Love it. Uh, you shared a little bit in your book about George Mueller, an incredible yeah. man of God. One of my, I just love reading uh, about him. Uh, he built five large orphanages, uh, housing more than 10,000 orphans, a third of whom came to know Christ. But you rightfully say that he is a great example of a man who became a river of God. Mm-hmm. To a generation, uh, share a little bit more about what you know about George Mueller. Well, I, I think what's what's especially significant is uh, yes, he was a river of God. I mean, the the, the ministry between the orphans, but he had a lot of uh, other things. Uh, Christian literature, um, you know, literally gave away millions of dollars to missionaries worldwide. But he had an experience, and it's in my book. He says, "I was staying at Nailsworth uh, when." I experienced this, and from this point on, uh, I've kept this central um, in the, the, the entirety of my life and ministry. He said this, I realized or I discovered that the most important thing I can do each day, and he uses the term, is to get my soul happy in God. Now, you know, basically what, he's, what I think he's saying there is that I'm going to make the number one goal of my life. Uh, not to preach the gospel, uh, not to build orphanages, not to write books and so forth. The number one goal of my life is going ha- to gonna be to have a deep and a vital and um, significant intimacy with the Lord. So I, I, I like to put it this way. Um, if, if, for a person who wants to really be used by God, there is a fundamental decision. There's a line in the sand I think you have to cross. And I think it's this, knowing God is more important than serving God. Mm. Wow. Serving God's important. Yes. But it's not as important as knowing God. Yeah. You know, that's what set Mary apart, Mm -hmm. that she chose the good part 
the the the, the, the most important part. Mm-hmm. And then she did have ministry later on. Yes. Uh, yes. But um, it, 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 David he describes the the mainspring of his life in Psalm twenty seven four. Uh, he says, uh, uh, "This one thing have I desired mm-hmm. that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Behold the beauty of the Lord mm-hmm. to inquire in His temple." So in my book, uh, the, the image I like to use on this is the tree. And by far the most important part of the tree is not the leaves, it's not the branches, it's not the fruit, it's the roots. Everything stands or falls. All the vitality comes from the root system. Mm. Uh, And so that's why it's not surprising, I think, that Satan ruthlessly attacks our roots. Oh, for sure. At at all costs, he wants to keep us away from that quiet, unhurried time alone Mm. with God, Mm -hmm. which is so necessary for our souls and so significant for our ministry as well. Oh, I agree. And, you know, going back to George Mueller, uh, when you said... Uh, the most important thing was not to share the gospel, to start orphanages, to have these ministries. I could just hear the legalists going, what, yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't say that, right? But the, the, the point is that he had he did all those things because because absolutely because he chose that intimacy with the Lord every single day yeah. uh, made it a priority. Oh, exactly. If we would all do that again, yeah. what could we accomplish? Oh my goodness. Well, and I would say that because of that, the ministry he did for the Lord had the yeah. touch of God upon it. Yes. You know, yes. the problem for the legalist is not only is he dry or she dry. What they're offering the world is wilted flowers, mm. uh, and yeah. and you know thinking that's the best that that there is. Yeah. Uh, so I think yeah. this is a very very significant issue. Um, uh, you know, I, just real quickly, um, you know, when Solomon, when David passed on to Solomon, mm-hmm. the last words that he would ever ever say to him, or at least the recorded words, what would David say to his son? as he's, he knows he's about to pass off the scene. And it, it's in First Chronicles, I think it's chapter 28, but I think this is so significant. He says, uh, my son Solomon, know the God of your father mm. and serve him. So the order is very significant. He says, first of all, as I have done all my life, yeah. first and foremost, know the God of your father. Mm. And then serve him, and then uh, most translations have uh, from a uh, complete heart, whatever. But it's the Hebrew word uh, shalom, which just means full. So basically, he's saying, and serve him from a full heart and a willing mind. In other words, make knowing God the number one passion, the single greatest pursuit of your life. Let the chips fall where they may, mm-hmm. because they will fall in good directions. That is so yeah. beautiful. And then when you think about the fact that the way God described him was a man right. after God's own heart. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's that he had his priorities yeah. right. Yeah. It oh. wasn't a perfect life. I mean, we all know oh, of his no. failures, exactly. you know, and so forth. Exactly. But when the dust clears, yeah, he's known as a man after God's own heart. Mm. He's known as the sweet psalmist of Israel. Yeah. yeah. You know that 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 intimacy. Uh, Never left. Well, and and also I have to say this too: the fact that he did fail gives us all hope. Uh, absolutely. To absolutely. know that you know what, no matter what I've done or what I end up uh-huh. doing because of my flesh, I can still be a man or woman 
after God's own that's heart. Right. That's exactly right. And, and God will yeah. be honored by that. I would yeah. say if, you, yeah. if you're drawing breath, God is not done with you. Uh-huh. You know, if it was time for you to come home, you'd already be there. So the <laughs> fact right. that you are That's down right. here, know yeah. for sure your number one job assignment yeah. is to know him better this year than you did last year. Yes, yes, yes. Now, there's another way you say this in your book, too, that uh, along the same lines, you talk about it, His God's design for us is to be happily holy huh. and holily happy. Uh, and, and so oftentimes, again, we think of those scriptures that go, you know, uh, take up your cross and, and, and you know, deny yourself and follow right. me. But both of those are true, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. that's why I, I've said many times, Yeah. The, the, the Christian life, the vast, vast majority yeah. is not either or, it's both and. It's both, yeah. It's both and. Um, so, um, you know, it's interesting with the idea of holy, because I know I wouldn't translate kadosh, the Hebrew word for holy, as holy any longer. And, mm. and the reason is this: language is fluid, right? And so it, you know, it, it it changes over time. The meaning doesn't change. Yeah. But I, I would translate kadosh not holy but radiant, mm. because when you translate it holy, what that bring the connotation it brings is only staying away from the bad stuff. Oh, you know, it, it yeah. means being squeaky clean, uh-huh. but that's not the idea behind behind Kadosh. And that's why I think that ra- radiant is a much better translation. Yeah. So I would translate it, be ye radiant for I am radiant, as mm-hmm. God says. When you think of God's holiness, mm-hmm. you don't think of his just staying away from the wrong things. No. When you think of his holiness, you know, you, you think of this absolutely, you know, um, earth shattering Shekinah glory. Um, Shekinah glory exactly yeah. that, that causes people yeah. to dive on their on their face <laughs> um, and so you know I, 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 I think that the idea of radiance and then along with it a joy mm-hmm. you know that's what God's designed us for, yeah. you know, and you look at yeah. the life of Jesus. I mean, it's, it's a perfect description uh, yes. of him. A shining light in the darkness is exactly. what I think exactly. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, last week we talked about letting the living water in us flow freely, to overflowing to impact the, the world. And and you, you say that in order to flow freely, we must drink deeply, mm-hmm. right? But we also have to begin with that precursor, which is thirst. So what does Christ mean to White when he says, if anyone thirst, come to me? Yeah, this is, I think, a huge, huge issue. Um, You know, so many people in life are unhappy because they don't even really know what they want. Mm. There's, There's a sense of something's missing, but they don't really know what it is they want Specifically, that would cause them to to lose that feeling of something's missing. So I I would say, from the very beginning of time, God created man. He created woman spiritually the same way He did physically. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you know Jonathan Edwards has a work on this called Shadows and Images of Divine Things, and he shows that all of nature is 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 a picture of the great spiritual truths, and God has set out um, you know all of this so that we will learn not only from the Bible but but also from show and tell uh, yeah. here. So uh, one, God created us both hungry and thirsty physically, but he also spiritually created us hungry and thirsty. Mm. So the, 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 the primary of those two needs is thirst. You know, that you'll, you'll die faster without drinking than, than eating. Right. right. Um, but no, you don't have to exhort people to be thirsty. 
You don't have to say, you know, you need to get thirsty. Uh, basically, it's part of the package. Yeah, you know, you, you're just going to you, be. Your body goes long enough without water. God made sure that you got a wake-up call. It's called thirst. Same thing with hunger uh, over here. And um, so I th- I th- I, this is why he plays off of the thirst image. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they should be filled. Psalm 63, all of it's running through the issue of thirst. And so basically what God's inviting us to do is to drink deeply of the only water that can truly satisfy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why he says in in that, in um, uh, Isaiah 55, 1, uh, come all ye who thirst uh, and, and drink. And then he likens uh, the, the, the liquid they're gonna drink to water and to milk and to wine. Wine symbolic of joy, uh, milk symbolic of nourishment, water quenches thirst. Mm. Um, mm. So, uh, and, and I, I, I talk about this in the book. The, I think the grave danger, in, especially in legalism, mm-hmm. is pretending that we're not as thirsty as we are. Yes. You know, and basically I'm going to grit my teeth and do the right thing. Yeah. Whereas I think what God is saying is, no, you, you are thirsty as can be because I made you that way. And I made you that way because I'm providing the only thing that can quench that thirst. It's mm. called the rivers of living water. Mm. Um, and that just tells you the importance of discovering that for oh, your, absolutely. your life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I say in the book, there's, I think there's three kinds of people. There are people yeah. who are thirsty um, and uh, they, they don't even know they're thirsty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've just numbed out, you sure, know, sure. Uh, if if you will. Um, there are those who are thirsty, but they're going in the wrong direction for their thirst. Mm. Uh, and then there are those who are thirsty and they're going in the right uh, right direction. Yeah. But but I, th- I think sometimes in Christianity, we fall into what could be called sanctified Buddhism. And this is right along the lines of what we're talking about. In in Buddhism, the great goal of life is, is nirvana. Uh, nirvana is not the place where your needs are met. It's the place where your longings are extinguished. In other words, you're supposedly content because you just don't care anymore. Ah. You're just so dead inside yes, yeah. that, that that everything's fine. How that sad. is not that, exactly that is not Christianity. But I do think it creeps into the church when we talk mm-hmm. about contentment. Oftentimes, I think what we're saying is, you know, just shut your mouth and be Except glad with what you exactly. You know, yeah. instead of saying, you know, I have this raging thirst within me, yeah. as George McDonald put it. Um, and it can only be satisfied by the rivers of living water. And this is why the great call of scripture is drink, 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 drink mm. deeply. Mm. So, Wow. Oh, this is just so powerful. Mm. And uh, I, I just, I think about congregations yep. that are thirsty and hungry. Right. Uh, well, and I'm, I never cease to be amazed because I, I, I don't think, and I would say that, that in preaching, this has to happen much more. We haven't let people in on why they're so thirsty and why they're so hungry. Mm-hmm. And that is that God made them thirsty mm-hmm. and he made them hungry. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, what did he make them thirsty for? He made them thirsty for a love that cannot be lost or even diminished by our performance. Yes. He, we're hungry. He's, he's, he's caused us to be hungry to make a difference in this world that cannot be erased or diminished by time. Mm. We want relationship and we want impact. Yes. And that's before the fall. 
That there's nothing sinful about those two things. And we'll spend our life trying to answer those in one way or another. And right. fortunately, the scriptures are inviting us home and saying, this is the yes, only place. It. <laughs> it's at the feet of Jesus alone that that, that, can, that can happen. Oh, wow. Well, okay, so there are some, Dwight, that, that say when the scriptures are talking about, you know, uh, having our thirst quenched, et cetera, it's all about salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time and done. Yeah. <laughs> this is, but this is not something that just happened when we trusted Christ as our Savior. It, it is ongoing, right? Absolutely. Throughout well, our life. In fact, in yeah. John 7, yeah. the, the, he says, uh, let him come to me and drink, and that's in the present tense. Yeah. So he doesn't say come to me and sip. Uh, and he doesn't say, come to me and uh, take one gulp. Right. The idea of drinking, it's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day of our life, we're, we're imbibing uh, yeah. the, the, the life of God, which is, is the only possibility of having that, that, thirst, uh, that thirst quenched. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we, so when we talk about drinking deeply, mm-hmm. so what are the spiritual components of that, of, 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 of spiritual drinking? Right. Well, I, I'd say, you know, this is going to, to some degree, vary from person to person. Okay. You know, I would say the non-negotiables, one is prayer. You know, I think from Genesis to Revelation, we find that prayer uniquely connects mm. us with God. Yes. Prayer is way more than getting God to do our bidding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's way, way more than just saying, Lord, I have this need. Would you please meet it? Yeah. You know, prayer has always been designed to just be, um, you know, I always think of just basically two lovers walking through a forest and talking with each other. Yeah. Uh, think of sitting down at breakfast with somebody that you, you, you deeply care for and just enjoying mm-hmm. the conversation. I just think the idea of enjoying God yeah. is, is a great, uh, great way to, um, to put it. Um, so uh, I think that's one. I think scripture obviously is, mm-hmm. is, is another. I think, I think the, the, the word of God and prayer are sort of the basics, if you will, mm-hmm. as long as they lead you to Jesus. And, and so I often ask the question, is it possible to uh, pray and read the Bible mm-hmm. every day of your life and be worse off for it? Oh, no. So, so, well, <laughs> here's, here's my answer. Yes. Ah. And the reason is this, the Pharisees. Oh. The Pharisees read the Bible, yes. they prayed, oh, and they just yes. got angrier and angrier and harder and harder. And so the issue is not just the what we call spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. It's making sure that, it, it, that there's their conduits that lead us to the life of Christ so that, mm-hmm. you know, so that when we're in prayer, when we're reading the scriptures, yeah. it's, it's an intensely relational kind of thing. The problem with the Pharisees is they were searching the scriptures to use it against God. They were searching the scripture to find material to obligate God to bless their world. Mm. Just like the story of the older brother in the prodigal son, lo, right. I have served you these many years and you haven't even given me a goat. <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah. heart of the legalist. Um, but um, uh, so anyway, I, I, you know, I think it's prayer and, and, and word is, is essential, but it has to be done in the right way. Oh, no. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so what we've been talking about today really is being as happy in God as we can be, right? Yep. And you give three reasons why this is important. Number one, you say, is our calling for relationship with God. How is that, that relationship more important than serving Him? Mm. You know, that to me is one of the great mysteries of this whole thing. 
why God would want relationship yeah. with people like us. Yeah. Yes. More than service, I, it, it uh, still boggles my mind, and I think it's a good thing never to get over. Mm. But uh, for whatever reason, you know, it's clear yeah. running running from Genesis to Revelation is yeah. is the, the the astonishment that we belong to a God who would rather have relationship from us or w- with us than. Um, uh, ministry or work uh, force. Actually, this is this is what separates Christianity from every other world religion, mm-hmm. and it's this: that the God that we belong to wants relationship more than He wants service. So let me say it again: the God we belong to wants relationship more than He wants service. Every other world religion, relationship's not even an issue. Mm. Buddha doesn't even care about relationship, just do what he says. Uh, Allah doesn't care about relationship, just follow the Quran. Uh, Krishna doesn't care about relationship, just live so you come back in a better state next time. That, that's not even an, an option. Yeah. The God that we belong to stunningly says, no, I want relationship more than I want service. So the mm-hmm. classic examples of that will be Martha and Mary. Yeah. Uh, it's also the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter two, which is an outstanding church. And is doing great ministry and God commends them for that. Right. And then he makes the statement, (laughs) nevertheless, I have this against you. Yes. You've left your first love. Yes. You know? Yes. And and, and then he says, and it's important enough to me that if you don't come back, I'll remove your lampstand. I think what he's saying is your your ministry will wither and die Mm. if you don't return to your first love. Mm -hmm. uh, There. Mm -hmm. So so that's, you know, I, I hope no believer ever gets over the, the, the wonder of the whole thing, that he yes. wants relationship more than he wants service. And and even in service, uh, it's the relationship because yeah. because we can't do anything apart from him. That's exactly right. Yeah. And he gives us the gifts and everything that we need to right. do what we do. Right. So it truly is that relationship that makes the service fruitful. Absolutely. And yeah. and and because of the nearness of the Lord, you know, all ministry is basically Him doing through our yielded bodies what we could never do on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why you know there's a great verse. In, I think it's Psalm 92 uh, of uh, in old age. He says that they shall be fresh and flourishing ah, to declare that the Lord is right. It is. It is. It's a great, <laughs> yeah. great passage. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Second of all, you say that being delighted in God is also important because what it means for God's reputation. Yeah. Explain what you mean by well, that. Well, you know, we see it uh, in, in in life itself. You know, if uh, I, you know, meet a young boy for the, the first time um, and uh, he starts talking about his dad, and it's you know he's mean he he, he never comes through with his promises mm-hmm. so forth and so on, you know that's going to say something to me about his dad. You know even yeah. if it's not a hundred percent true, obviously that's what the takeaway is. Hi. When he says, "Man, my dad is the best," mm. and then he names specifics of how his dad took him to the park and did it all this and so forth, uh, that's the glory of the father coming through the son. You know, yeah. and so I, I think that is a, a key issue: is that the the, the God we belong to um, is a God uh, to be feared, certainly from the scriptures, uh, is to be taken with utmost seriousness, mm-hmm. um, but also is to be enjoyed. And um, there's a great book by uh, Oswald Sanders called "Enjoying the Intimacy of God," uh, along those lines. 
And uh, basically, as people see men and women, boys and girls, who are not just religious, but they're you know they're enjoying God yes. and the relationship, not you know not church, but God Himself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then it, it 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 does something for His reputation, mm. if you will. It's what the Bible calls glorifying God. Yes, no doubt about it. And it is such an attraction for people who perhaps don't have a good relationship with their earthly father. Yes. And I think if anything, it makes them curious right. about a Christian who loves the heavenly father. Uh, and I think open doors of opportunity. Absolutely. You know, how, how can you love love yep. him? And, and just, of course, there's it's so the much whole to love. lead by surprise. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. it's like, wow, there must be something more to this Christian Thing that I gave it credit for. Yes, you know? yes, 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 yes. Well, and then our happiness and being satisfied in God is also important because of that inbred longing of our new heart. Uh, take a few moments to talk yeah. about how important that well, gift is of the new heart. You know, I would say that the, when God created the, the heart, which, uh, uh, you know, is another metaphor or, or picture of uh, desires. It's the seat of desires. It's the seat of affection. And I would say, it, not only psychologically, but from, from Scripture, it would certainly appear that the number one longing of the human heart is love. But I would add this. It's a certain kind of love. Mm-hmm. It's not just love. Yeah. It's a certain kind of love. And I like to put it this way. We long for a love that is so relentless, that is so absurdly unconditional, mm-hmm. that is so irrational, is so unshakable that in the words of Dr. Larry Crabb, our souls can go off duty, mm-hmm. which I think is a fantastic way of thinking of it. Mm-hmm. What does he mean that our souls can go off duty? It's the only love in the universe that you don't have to perform Mm -hmm. to maintain its fullness. In other Mm -hmm. words, on your Mm -hmm. best of days, God loves you at a white hot 10. On your worst of days, He loves you at a white hot 10. Exactly. Yes, yes. Perfect love is incapable of loving at degrees. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the love that we belong to... You know, comes from the, from the God we belong to. Um, it 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 meets the the raging thirst within us yeah. that God placed. God places the rages th- raging thirst, and then He provides the waters. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then we and this is where Jeremiah, Jeremiah two thirteen is such an important yeah. passage. And then He says, "My people have committed two evils; they have forsaken Me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn out for themselves broken cisterns." Ah. Yes. which cannot hold water. His point is, yeah. my people are thirsty and I don't condemn them for being thirsty because I made them thirsty. <laughs> I made them thirsty so that they would come to the rivers of living water. But yeah. what's happened? They've turned to uh, an cistern. It was basically a hole in the ground that has yeah. plaster and the rainwater comes in and for a very short period of time, it's clean and it's there, but very quickly it gets muddy, it, it, it siphons off. And he's saying, that's, that's what human love is like. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it just can never get the job done for your mm-hmm, soul mm-hmm. that only God can do. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. And, and so that's a huge, huge part, I think, of reflecting to the world. You know, I belong to a God um, whose love cannot be matched. Oh, yes. Anywhere, any, anywhere else. So um, anyway. Um, Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, this has been great. Once again. Oh, it's, I love doing Thank this. you so you much. You know, we, we definitely want to have you back to talk more about this book. Uh, 
What a blessing to remind us of our supernatural uh, feeling of, yes. of, the, of the Holy Spirit uh, and the living waters that are meant to overflow, right. uh, to bring honor and glory to the Lord, but to draw others to Him as well. So thank you, Dwight. Well, thank you. This has been wonderful, and I look forward to, to more times together. Absolutely. Well, thank you to our listeners as well. We pray our discussion has motivated you to access the power of Christ in you. Perhaps you'd like to learn more about Dwight Edwards, his books, his ministry, his online Bible studies. We've included information on our program page. You'll find it at gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. While there, you can check out opportunities offered here at Grace for seminary degrees and other resources to deepen your knowledge and love for the Lord. So glad you've tuned in today. Please tell others about Saving Grace. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.